0: Thank you. Welcome to The Twelfth House, a podcast that shines a light on the areas of wellness, well-being, intuition, and intuitive business that don't always get a light shined on them and does it with enthusiasm, curiosity, and a whole lot of irreverence. I'm Michelle Palazon, the host and the head in charge here at Holisticism, the parent company of The Twelfth House, The North Node, The Cusp, amongst many other things, and I'm delighted that you're listening to us today. Hi! thanks for being here. But really, I know that like every podcaster says, thank you so much for sharing this with your friends and subscribing and rating and reviewing. It makes a world of difference. And that's because it actually really does. Seriously, like when you subscribe to the podcast, that's like a super like, it's like paying us. (laughs) So if you've ever enjoyed this podcast or gotten something out of it, and maybe you haven't subscribed yet, would you... Consider subscribing; it makes such a big difference for us, and makes sure that we go up in the ratings, and that helps us get better guests, and even dedicate more time to this podcast than we already do in our business, and make more wonderful things for you. So, if you could just smash that subscribe button, we would really appreciate it. I'm so excited about today's podcast guest, P. The Fury. But before I introduce P, I have a couple of announcements I want to make. So, most excitingly, we have a The Summer Solstice Festival is live! We are hosting a four-day free virtual festival from Wednesday, June 16th to Saturday, June 19th, leading up to the Summer Solstice, which is on June 20th. You know, at the beginning of the pandemic, I had this crazy codependent idea, overachiever idea to host a workshop every day of the quarantine when we thought the quarantine was going to be like two weeks long. And I ended up doing three months of pretty much yeah 3 months of virtual events every single day with a ton of wellness practitioners and it was amazing and during this really weird time that like no one knew what the fuck was happening we were able to connect on zoom now everyone's second home <laughs> and and talk about lots of things from manifestation to building a business to astrology and beyond. And it was really beautiful. And now that we're coming to the end, thank God, of this experience where the world is starting to open up again, we just wanted to sort of reflect on that and put in a bookmark on it or or a bookend, I guess I should say, with something similar and a little bit more exciting and a little bit more joyful. And that's what the Summer Solstice Festival is. So we've put together 25 events over over four days from the 16th to the 19th that are going to be really fun. We have astrology readings, natal chart readings, Human Design 101, numerology, intuitive business stuff, archetype classes, a bunch of panels with our amazing North Node members who are all experts in their own areas. It's just going to be really cool. Some of your favorite podcast guests, and it's going to be great. So I hope that you can join us. All of the events are free, they are going to be recorded and available for seven days after they go live and I think the more the merrier. So share it with your friends if you're looking for a little bit of a boost or sort of an energetic wave into summer solstice. I think this will be an excellent way to kick off the second half of the year. So you can find that at the link below. It's holisticism.com backslash summer dash solstice dash festival. And you can sign up for all of the events, one of the events. Uh-huh. 30 of the events, whatever you want to do. So that's my first point of exciting thing to announce. Oh, my second exciting announcement is that we also released a surprise product. It's called the four-day energetic recalibration. It is for this mid-year moment when we're in the midst of mercury retrograde, eclipse season, and we're just on the sort of nose of summer solstice. It's a beautiful time for you to look back at the last six months of your life and see what has gone well, what maybe didn't happen, that you wanted to happen, and sort of reorient your energy towards the second half of the year. So if you want to get really clear by doing some shadow work and by doing some magic, I think that this product will be awesome for you. It's a four-day audio course. It's super short. It's 20 minutes a day. And at the end of every day, you get an elemental ritual to practice. I've heard people are having amazing breakthroughs. So we've already had, I guess, over 500 people download the product and it's pay what you want. So you can pay whatever you want for it. And I made this because I know that for me, this is a really important sort of threshold moment in the year. If I don't reorganize myself and my energy, I notice that the second half of the year creeps up on me and feels really icky. And when I'm able to sort of like powerfully and with a, from a very like sovereign place enter the second half of a year the next 6 months of a year i feel really good and i notice that It's much easier for me to sort of get the outcome that I want, collapse timelines, and just kind of like to use a word that I don't often use, manifest what it is that I'm trying to create just a little bit more quickly. So that product is free and I'll put the link below in the show notes, but you can get it at holisticism.com backslash recalibrate and it is pay what you want. So that's really cool. I might've just said that that product's free. It's not. It's pay what you want, but I mean, that's basically free. So go enjoy that. And I think that's all. Oh, ah, yes. And I'll get in trouble if I don't announce this, but we are doing a giveaway with some holisticism swag. So if you rate, review, subscribe to this podcast and send us a screenshot of your review, text it to the number below. You will be entered to win June's giveaway, which is a Holisticism swag pack. You get a very witchy keychain. You get some holographic stickers. It's really cute. I'll throw in a sigil pin. A sigil is a physical spell. So just, we're going to make you have lots of fun and lots of magic in your life you and carry it around with you. So just subscribe to be entered to that. You have to subscribe to the podcast, rate and review it, and then send us a screenshot of your review. Okay. With that, let me introduce today's podcast guest. P is an incredible 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 teacher, human design reader, artist, person. And I'm so just delighted that you get to hear this episode. P is also one of our visionaries and residents at Holisticism. You've met Krista, you've met Kaylin, you're going to meet all of the the visionaries and residents, but we've been working with them for the last six months now to bring their visions into the world. And P is so interesting because her vision, her project is to be an icon. And I think that the reason that her project is so powerful and her what her concept is that she's working on is poignant for what we do at VIR which is we are creating a space for these visionary makers in the wellness space to make wellness and well-being more inclusive and accessible and i think by p just being herself and creating and carving out a space for herself she makes the world more real to more people and more expansive to more people and i think that that is incredible. What a powerful gift. And I'm just delighted to have her on the podcast today. We talk about collapsing timelines, which she and I both are obsessed with and have slightly different approaches to, but could probably jam on forever. And in fact, this week in the North Node, we are having a fireside chat all about it. So my North Noters, if you want to go even deeper on this with us, good news, that can happen. And we talk about P's experience as just a person who maybe doesn't always get perceived the way she wants to be perceived. And I think that this is a really beautiful lesson for so many of us who want to control how other people see us, who want to look good, who want to be good, who don't want to get canceled, who are trying our best, right? Are trying to be good people. And yet, when we're in the public limelight or when we're just perceived by people we don't know and who don't always know our intentions, we might get, I don't know, our intentions might be miscommunicated or even like purposely misunderstood. And that's really hard to relinquish control over. <laughs> I'm raising my hand here as someone who, that makes me actually wanna vomit, but it's necessary. And if you've struggled with being seen because you're afraid that people will make you out to be something that you're not, I think that this podcast will be really helpful for you and hopefully encourage you and inspire you to know that Honestly, not to be a nihilist, but you can't really control how people decide to see you, how people decide to interpret you. And it's not really your responsibility or is it any of your business? And that's easy to say, harder to embody. But I think when there are people like P out there who do it so beautifully and do it publicly for all of us, it makes it a little bit easier. So I'm excited for you to listen to this episode and I cannot wait to hear what you think. And without further ado, let's get into it. P, hi, welcome to the 12th House Podcast. Hi. So happy. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) So happy to be here with you today. P, you're one of our visionaries in residence, and we've been obsessed with you. Wow. I feel like for at least over a year now at this point. And my friend Lauren McAlpurn introduced me to your work a while ago. And now you and Lauren are working together. So tell us about, well, tell us about what you're working on with Lauren, if you can. Yes, we are working
1: on the Black Tarot. I, I Did I say that name right? I hope I did. <laughs> but it's this notable Black leaders being illustrated in kind of like my Afrofuturist style. There's a lot of tarot decks that have black people in them that are not illustrated or created by black people and Lauren was like that's weird <laughs> so yeah. now we have a black illustrator and a black author working on this super sweet deck
0: Ugh, it's going to be so cool because you're an incredible artist has that been your passion and your like your north star since you were young or have like yeah, yeah. how did how, what was yeah. that process like
1: I've been drawing since I was little. I used to draw in church because I was late in life, diagnosed with ADHD, but I couldn't be in church unless my hands were moving. And then my mom was like, you need to draw or something. Cause you're pissing me off. And so <laughs> I would draw and that's the only way I could like hear the pastor talk. And so then I just kept drawing forever. And then in middle school, I had this teacher named Miss Hinkle. She's this beautiful hippie woman and she could draw so well. And I think I was kind of in love with her. And I was like, I want to be you and marry you. And like, I like, Took art seriously because of Miss Hinkle, and then mm-hmm. in high school the passion kind of came back. I was like, I think I'm gonna try to go to like college for this, or I don't know.
0: What is it that I see on TikTok all the time now? Like buy crush or your first your first buy crush. Miss Hinkle, <laughs> are you still in touch with her? No. Mm-hmm. Oh, what an angel! <laughs> what an earth angel sent here to like yes. help you on your path. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So you were diagnosed with ADHD as an adult? Yes. Was that like shocking to you or did it? Were you like, duh, I could have called? Um, it well, choice. no, I went to the therapist
1: for depression because I was trigger warning, but like suicidally depressed. And I went to him and I'm like, hey, so we need to do something about this. And he's like, you're not depressed, you're ADHD. And I'm like, I don't know if that's right exactly, but I guess. And then he prescribes me Adderall and that helped for a while. And then I stopped my working at my job and then that definitely helped. <laughs> so yeah, that was that whole process.
0: Whoa, that's like a pivot from where we thought you were going into. <laughs>
1: yeah, it was really for. weird. He was very, all, my, all of my therapist experiences are very strange experiences, honestly. It was really weird. And he kept Did you- you write a huh interesting well p
2: being that i'm working with you just a little bit i find you to be very intriguing actually so (laughs) it's like i really i cannot understand you and because i can't understand you it's like (laughs) no truly it's so it just makes me really have to like stretch my brain and think outside of the box and it's like well how do i like How do we mesh and all of the things? But I personally love that because it's you're so unique. And I feel like that shows up in everything that you do. And is that perhaps why you had the experiences with therapists? Did you find that they couldn't get you or what was that? Why was that difficult for you?
1: (laughs) Well, I had one therapist just like not want to work with me. And then another one just kept telling me that I was metacognitive over and over again. He's just, you're so, you're so metacognitive. And I'm like, what does that mean? I think about thinking basically a lot. And he was like, I feel like he was interviewing me we i feel like he just wanted to pick my brain and i'm like that's not what's supposed to happen you're supposed to like help fix it
0: you're like uh, i'm paying you like yeah. i don't want you to pick my brain <laughs>
1: yeah i'm like you're interviewing me like a job like this Weird. is not right and then the last therapist was like you're not depressed you have adhd you need to write a book or start a youtube channel
0: <laughs> whoa but he, i mean like was it a he was the last therapist yeah. a man he kind of yeah. wasn't wrong because now you have a podcast and True. you True. like have a platform and you're making a ton of content so. might, I, mean,
1: I I do think about him sometimes because I was <laughs> like he might have planted some things in my brain a little bit but it was definitely very weird for me I was like this is this is not what I hear therapists do and this is weird so I like I didn't go to him anymore because I was very confused but I did take the medicine the medicine that he prescribed until I like, quit my job well,
2: work. what was that job, P?
1: I worked at Apple. <laughs> I worked retail tech at Apple. Like a
0: lot of In my so, hence the AirPods.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had AirPods as soon as they came out. As soon as they came out, I had them before, like, anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, like, the sign that you worked at Apple is having AirPods even, like, right away.
0: But <laughs> <laughs> my best friend from college, who is a textile artist worked at apple and she's london my friend is a yarn bomber so she like graffitis things with yarn and with oh. yeah with textiles she just did a really cool installation camilla harris installation yeah she's amazing and she worked at apple for like five years when she was yarn bombing and like she she loved it she was like it was a really good job and she got paid really well and she knows how to fix my computer so i'm really grateful for that <laughs> But you noticed a big change in your mood when you left.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think I was, I was, re- it was very repetitive and it, I, I don't like having t- like t- my time scheduled out. And so I think that was like really rough for me to have to like be confined to a certain time. And then also mm-hmm. the, re- the repetition was driving me
0: insane. Does your five channel and your human design, is it not, do you not have the five gates?
1: I don't think I have the, f- I don't think I have the fifth gate actually. And I have a like very right-facing energy in my, mm-hmm. like the, my, my variables are very like flowy passive energy. So linearity and structure is not quite my friend.
0: <laughs> Meanwhile, Thais and I are like, so how can we help you with your project? Do you want a timeline? And you're like, <laughs> you're like the opposite of that. I want the opposite of what you're trying to give me right now. I do not, did yeah. not order that. <laughs>
2: Which is so cool because I recall like we were saying that you are iconic, you are an icon and you are building the people, you're building like your Instagram following and I remembered at the time you were saying that it was going to happen and you were at like 13,000 and then I checked the other day and you were like at 16,000 and I was just like wow, in a matter of like a few weeks. This said that she was going to like get more followers and now she got thousands more and that to me is like fascinating because I just feel like we're so we have been used to being told that formula strategy these are how you do things and you are very much the antithesis and I literally watch you say I will have this and it's happening and like I don't know nothing about like the other gates and like flowing and stuff but how do you think that works for you? How is it that you, outside of structure, but you put your mind to something and then it appears like, ha, ha.
1: Embodiment is probably the biggest thing. And I'm like, well, so who is the person who has the followers? What do they, what do they want? Why do they have the followers? What are they doing? And I'm like, oh, they're just being an icon. That's all they, that's the reason why they have them is because they want to be iconic and I don't know. They're just trying to have fun. And it just, it just makes sense. I don't, I don't know how to, it just makes sense. And then I was just like, okay, well then be that one. And so then I'd be that one and then stuff starts happening and I get it.
0: Dude, this is something that we talk about in our North node community, like all the time, But it kind of comes from this book that I'm obsessed with called Atomic Habits, where instead of like saying, well, my goal is to like, let's maybe say get healthy or like get fit or to lose weight, even instead of having that be a goal, just deciding, well, what would a healthy person do and doing that instead? So like when you sit down and open a menu at a restaurant instead of being like, oh, what's the thing with the least amount of calories? And I don't know, what's the diet option? Just being like, well, what would a healthy person order at this place yeah. and doing that? And that's like basically exactly what you do. It, there's a slightly different feeling or, or mm-hmm. I don't know, like nuance to it than acting as if. Do you? Can you like put your finger on what that difference is?
1: Yeah. It's actually one of my offers. I like there's, okay. So I do this thing called timeline jumping and that's basically embodying a new timeline, but I find that you have to kind of dissolve where you're at and kind of remove any sort of judgment from where you're at, uh, make it like a neutral situation. And then from that neutral from, from that neutral place, you can invite in the one that you want to be and like melt it into who you are, which is what my timeline jumping is. And so I feel like neutralizing and then inviting the next self into that neutral space is the difference between acting as if, because if you're acting as if you're being the old one, acting like the new one, rather than yeah. solving the old one and being the new one.
0: Yes, totally, and there's something about the action of when you are well, when you say like "Well, what would a healthy person order you be or when what would an icon do? you become an icon, so yeah, it is exact- wow, you're so smart you you're yeah, you have to dissolve the old version of you, yeah, okay, I'm just
2: slightly confused, so you're saying you dissolve it's neutral, you dissolve your old self, but then. How is it different from like embodying, maybe it's
1: me. So, okay. So dissolving judgments about your old self, other than like right now in this moment, I simply am. I might say maybe before I'm like, well, I don't really know what I'm doing. Or I'm someone who has just started and I'm just kind of messing around and I don't really know what's going on. And then instead of saying like, I'm all these things, I'm just like, okay, you don't know what you're doing. Is that true? Is that like a real thing? How do you know that you really don't know what you're doing? And then it starts to like, kind of be like, I don't know if that's true. (laughs) And then it like the ideas behind my identity, I dissolve those. It's almost like, okay, well, am I anything that I'm saying I am other than presence? And then in that presence, I'm like, cool. Then I'm going to visualize that new self, Or just like ask what that new self, ask the feeling of it to like arrive in my body and spread out until it fills me.
0: I think that like tech bros do this all the time. Like, Mm -hmm. I think that people who are not as thoughtful and self aware and conscious as you do this often. And I think that's why they have these quantum leaps in their lives where they like get exactly what they want, because it's kind of like a little bit delusional. If you are being, you know, like if you're not being thoughtful about it, you're just like, well, now I'm that, well, now I'm a CEO of a billion dollar company. And it's like, wait, no, you're not, you don't even have it. You're not even making any money. How do you possibly have a billion dollar company? But it's also this like I call the stock market a collective delusion. Also time is a collective (laughs) delusion, but like, it's true. And we're all like agreeing that these things have weight to them, that time is real and that there's like some sort of measurement to it. And that we're all agreeing that like stocks have value or money has value or gold has value. Really, it doesn't, it doesn't have any more value than dirt or dust or air but you're like the way that you're phrasing this reminds me of of many tech bros that i've met who've just decided on a whim well today i'm a ceo and they become that and then two weeks later they raise five million dollars because they're a ceo i think that we could like use a little more of that but but less like delusional sort of individualistic capitalist and more Mm. just becoming what we want to be yeah do you
2: think that as how Michelle equated it to like tech bros. Do you think there's a level of entitlement that is a part of embodying? As mm-hmm. in, if you expect and you, you feel like you're entitled to it, then it will be?
1: Yeah, honestly. And I think entitlement, I think that that word has a lot of weight to it. But if we remove the judgments off of the word entitlement and like actually think about what we're saying when we say entitlement, that's you declaring that something is yours. That's all that is. Yeah. So I I definitely think that that's what's occurring.
2: Mm. Yeah. I think if we take it a step further or if we're like also thinking in that vein, do you think it could be like you deserve it?
1: Oh, I don't believe anyone deserves anything. I I feel like the word deserving, it like makes me feel weird because I feel like deserving, I'm also, I also have an an open heart in human design. And so like worthiness and deserving are concepts that I'm like, these aren't real. Like it just, Mm -hmm. it's, you can't deserve anything. You, it's, you, it's inherent if whether or not you decide that you want to get it or not, there's no, nothing you do to be like deserving of something. Yeah. I think like, if you decide that you want to, you, if you expect to get it, you'll get it. It's not about being deserving or worthy. I think some people like to prove that they're deserving or worthy and if they like that. Then that's cool. Like that feels great for some people. I don't vibe with the idea of deserving. It's very confusing for my head to process for some reason.
0: Yeah. That I like, I think I tend to agree with you on that. I don't know if like we can, we really like deserve anything. Like there's this cognitive distortion, you know, there's styles of distorted cognition and one that I'm, that I love is called the heaven's reward fallacy. And it, it is basically equated to the idea of worthiness or deserving. So if I do something, then I, if I'm, if I am good, I deserve good things to happen to me. If I'm bad, I deserve bad things to happen to me. And I think that this comes up a lot in like religion as well. Where we're taught where you're gonna go if you do a bad thing, you're gonna go to hell. If you do good things, you are going to you or have earned your spot in heaven. And that I think gets extrapolated a lot to wellness and well-being and just being in general, right? Of like, well, I'm a good person, so I deserve to make money. Like I'm doing a good thing in the world. We deserve to make lots of money. And that's no one really deserves anything. Everyone has innate value, but like they don't just necessarily deserve. But that's, that's complicated to like sort of justify together that you could both be innately invaluable and also like you don't deserve shit.
1: Exactly. And I feel like deserving maybe is more of a sensation than a real thing. It's like, you, you can feel deserving, which I feel like sometimes comes with a certain level of like attachment or I like, I deserve this. Why aren't I getting that? Like that type of energy which isn't helpful for manifesting. And, but like, if you just say, well, we all deserve to experience our highest self. I feel like that could be something that's that's helpful. And maybe mm-hmm. like, if you feel, if you're feeling guilty or something like that, if you can tell yourself, well, we all deserve like to discover that we're God. Like we all des- deserve to discover our, our truest self even while you're feeling guilty, then that can make you feel better. But sometimes mm-hmm.
0: it doesn't help. Yeah, you can even maybe say like, we're all entitled to this experience. And
2: something I, when, what you were talking about, P, in regards to being deserving of something, I thought about the fact that deserving does come from external factors. And if you feel deserving, it can be commodified. And that is how people then build into the idea that if you do this, then you will get this because you deserved it because you earned it. Whereas you are saying that it is just neutral and how that ties into y'all ever thought about the idea that when we think about heaven or when we've seen ideas of heaven it's always had a gate and the gate has been like golden and it's just like all of these things that but that goes to the idea of like exclusivity like why is there a gate or like why does one have to deserve to enter into heaven but you just broke some stuff down in my mind for me just now about deserving.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's just, um, fascinating doesn't click the idea of deserving. So then I also, but I'm also someone who like doesn't believe in hard work, which I feel, (laughs) um, I I think that's maybe like what kind of came with that or like, people are just like, I worked hard for this. I'll be like, so, and yeah, they would be like, what do you mean? So, and I'm like, you chose to do all that for that. And I don't understand why you did all that when you could have just done this. And I feel like that has to do with people feeling, wanting to feel deserving of something. Like I need to work hard to get this, but it's like, you could have also done the thing that you were like built to do. And it would have just rolled out of your body and Mm would have been really fun, but I don't know.
0: Some people like hard work, I guess that's fine. Yeah literally just recorded a podcast episode about this, how like there's a billion pathways. There's a billion creative pathways to get to whatever outcome you want to get to. It's just that like hard work is the conventional pathway, the traditional pathway that like we've consistently chosen or been taught to choose over time. But I love the metaphor of like a fly flying into a window, right? Desperately trying to get outside and like flapping its wings and like just banging its head against the wall to get outside and save its life when there's a door that's like two feet away, that's open that it could just fly out the door, but it, yeah. it insists on flying into the window. Right. Cause it just can't yeah. see that yeah. other yeah. easy It'll, pathway.
1: It makes sense.
0: Yeah. And it's, it leads you to the same spot, but like, it doesn't matter how hard that fly works. It's not going to save its life. It needs to just see that new perspective or that new pathway. It needs to not try as hard, just yeah. like take the easy route.
1: Yeah, I think that's why I talk so much about ease. It's because I'm like, I'm trying to show people the door like, look, Mm. it's right here. (laughs) All you have to do is walk through that door. It takes like 45 minutes. You could change your entire life. Like you don't really have to do all the things you're doing. It's not that hard. And that's why I will not shut up about it, even though sometimes it irritates people. I'm going to continue to talk about it because... I don't know, that's what I'm here for, I guess. Maybe. Do you get
0: pushback because people are like, "Well, it's easy for you because yeah. you have some sort of privilege or something yeah. like that,"
1: and they're like, "You are not traumatized." And I'm like, "I'm not traumatized. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Where did you hear that?" I'm like, "I'm not. I just. I'm a very. I'm a Scorpio. I'm very secretive about certain aspects of my life. Like, I'm not gonna talk about certain things with people." And they're like, you come from a place of privilege. And I'm like, well, yes, I do have privileges, I do. And I leaned into every single privilege that I had in my body, I leaned into it. Every single one that I could find, I'm like, I am, I'm going all the way in there and I'm expanding it as much as I can. And I'm going to utilize all of it because I. why would I not do that? Why would I not expand myself in these places where I was gifted, but at the same time, I have been through a lot of things. And in the system that we live in, in this reality, uh, there's a lot of perceived limitations that I have experienced and have released myself from through leaning into everywhere that I can find little privileges. And people, I guess like that, it takes nuance to think about, and I guess I'll say I've, I've decided to stop trying to appeal to people who don't want to hear that. And I'm just appealing to the people who are ready to hear that it can be easy. The people who don't want to hear that, it's, I'm not I'm not mad at you. You could just block me. That's what I've decided. <laughs> block me on Instagram and don't, or Twitter or whatever. And don't interact with me. Because if not, I'm going to make you feel bad, apparently.
2: So this energy that you're coming into the world with, was this always there? Or did you find yourself like, fitting into boxes or being too much and having to be quelled down like who you are now have you always been this person
1: which aspect
2: are you talking so about? just when when I hear you say like if I basically you're saying I'm not for everybody and if I'm not for you then go on your merry way I don't need to be for you and I don't need to do anything to make you feel comfortable
1: I think it was it's been underneath me but I think I was kind of scared to be like that because I just, I felt like a lot of people around me were so like sweet and kind and nice and like accepting of everyone. And I'm like, is is that, isn't that how you be loving? I'm like, am I evil? Because I'm like, y'all, if y'all don't, you could go away and I don't care. And so <laughs> I, <laughs> I was kind of like scared to talk about the fact that I don't care if people go away because I was just like, maybe I'm not a good person and maybe I shouldn't be in public because maybe I'm like a bad example or something. And then I just start. I like, I, I started thinking about <laughs> essential oils and like herbs a lot. And I was like, if you keep putting tea tree on someone with sensitive skin, they're going to burn their skin. And does that make tea tree bad? And I'm like, well, no. So I guess I'm tea tree. You shouldn't use me if you're not supposed to. And after I realized that I was like, oh, well then I'm fine.
0: I love that. I've come to yeah. realize in My life that I am kind, but I'm not nice. Same. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that is okay because, like, that's just who I am. And trying to make myself nice and kind and all the things that I can be palatable for other people diminishes me into something that I'm not. And I'd rather you just choke on me if you can't, you know, it's, it's okay. I'm not for everyone.
1: Yeah, just spit me out and don't see <laughs> <to me> again. <laughs> That's all you have to do.
0: <laughs> I feel like for the both of
2: you, that takes so much courage. It takes so much courage to be like, I'm not for everyone and I'm still going to be who I am. What allowed you to get to that place, do you think?
1: I guess also realizing like something that helped, like sometimes I get pushed back on the internet and it, it hurts every time when someone like kind of at me because they're probably not supposed to be perceiving me, but I understand. I think I'm, I can be very open-minded. And so I can like kind of put myself in their shoes. And I'm like, if I was maybe having the experience that they're having in their reality and I was perceiving me as someone who is them, I would probably be pissed off too. And so I'm not mad at them for doing that. I just really want them to like not do things that cause them pain. So I like, I let them be like, I let it be known. Like you can block me. It's totally like, please do that. And it's not even like from a place of anger. It's like, literally we're, we'll both feel better if you do that. <laughs> and so I think it's just like sitting in their shoes for a second makes it really helpful or makes it really easy for me to do that. But at first, like when it, when people first come for me, it hurts immediately because it's, I get hurt. But then I just like, do the whole empathy thing for a second
0: and that works for me i was just gonna say that old empathy thing you know but like the internet is so weird because it can have so much path like total complete strangers who you've never had a conversation with can fuck up your mood for weeks like you can completely dysregulate your body and these crazy ways. i'll speak from the eye like completely dysregulate my body in these crazy ways and I don't, I'm not like, I would say I'm, I'm, I'm relatively neutral and tame or, well, I'm not neutral, but I'm not like saying shit. That's so radical and like, so offensive. I don't think you're, you are either P, but that every now and then I'll just get something that's so vile. (laughs) It's like, Whoa, where's this coming from? This is so, how do people withstand this all the time? Like you have to sort of, I guess, disengage and like have more neutrality towards everything
1: in order to survive. Sometimes yeah. I think about Kylie Jenner and I'm like, how does Kylie Jenner do this? Yeah. Like, because I know so many people hate her, like so many. And I'm like, how has she not disappeared herself? Cause that, like that, like, yep. It, yep. I don't. And so I'm like, okay, if Kylie Jenner can do this, I can do this. Because like, I, I know people are coming at her crazy and like, she has to be terrified. I don't know, not just Kylie Jenner, but, like her in particular, for some reason, I feel like she seems to um, like emit some sort of like loving energy for, mm-hmm. for me, for some reason. I don't know if it's like the Leoness but I'm just like, okay. I know people are probably even like trying to find her house, like where she lives at. And for some reason she can continue to keep going. And I, that helps me a lot. Just looking at Kylie Jenner.
0: <laughs> 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 Kylie, the patron state of empathy on Instagram. <laughs>
2: Oh, L. y'all can have Kylie over there. Y'all can keep her. <laughs> One of the things, do you feel like, I hear you on the empathy bit, but don't you think that can be tiring after a while to empathize with everyone that doesn't like you?
1: Oh, I do it for a little bit. And I can the, I can also do a thing that, I, I get scared to say this out loud because I'm like, people are going to think I'm a sociopath. But like, I, <laughs> can turn, I can turn my empathy on and off like a light switch. Like, Ruby I can- has. Oh, cool. Yeah. (laughs) I can just decide to like, be like, okay, I'm done being in your shoes now. And I don't feel anything towards you at all, but I do have to like put on the empathy shoes first or I'll just be pissed at them. And I don't like being pissed at people. It doesn't do anything for me. It's not very helpful. And so I turn the empathy switch on I hop in their shoes. And then I'm like, I understand. And then I'm like, cool, leave me alone. Blocked. Mm
2: -hmm. Ah, do you think that has something to do with boundaries maybe where it's just like, Yeah, it sounds like it to me because I'm listening to you talk and I'm just like, all right, how can I adopt this for everything that I don't want to do? Like, how can I be an icon? Like all of the things. So I just feel like listening to you, I think, yes, empathy, but be boundaries and see like where ease is this hard? Do I, is this helping me? Can I like just move on and detach from it and continue being the icon?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm not, I know I'm not going to stop doing it just because someone gets mad at me. I know, like, I already know that I'm not going to stop. So there's no point in me like sitting in that, like, am I a bad person for like forever? If I know I'm not going to stop doing what I am doing already.
2: Mm. But, but, but P, did you deal with pushback with, in your family, with the, your close friends? Like how, cause I'm, no, they all just, How?
1: Yeah, I think it's because I've been very like, ah, <laughs> in my personal life. And I think a of people are scared of me, but I'm also I think I'm just like, I don't really care. Like you guys can say whatever, but you're all on equal levels to me. I don't see any of you as authority figures and you can't tell me what to do. So I think my everyone in my life is just like, OK. <laughs> and I think when I was little it didn't used to be like that because my parents are both very West Indian and they used to be really strict and like hey where are you from where are your parents from (laughs) my mom is from Dominica my dad is from St. Vincent come on I've been to
2: St. Vincent I'm actually Trinidadian hello oh
1: hey cousin
2: (laughs) (laughs) so that's even wilder hearing that you have West Indian parents and you're like this is who I am because growing up in a West Indian household you had to be what they told you you were as an immigrant
1: Absolutely. But then at some point I was just like, you're not going to kill me. (laughs) And they were like, they're like, are you sure? (laughs) I, the thing is for for that, like for, I think my mom kind of set me up really well because the only person I was ever afraid of was her, like my entire life. Like not even my dad. It was, I was terrified of her and nobody else. And so when I stopped being afraid of my mom, I was like, oh, nobody can touch me. I'm like, none of you could kill me because I'm like, that's the one I was scared of. And she didn't even really like get me, get me. So I could do whatever I want.
0: Dude. I have a very, my my parents are not West Indian, but I have a very similar relationship with my mom. She listens to the podcast. It will kind of, sorry, mom, but she knows this is true. (laughs) I was so scared of her, so scared of her for so much of my life. I just was like, I don't want to mess up. I don't want her to be mad at me. And when I came into, you know, it was not easy, but at some point in my life being like, she has to love me. And if she does, like, she can still be mad at me and love me. And like, yep. Yeah, that's the person I'm most scared of in the world and probably care the most about what they think of me in the world. And if I can be like at peace with that or equanimous with that, then like everyone else is gravy. Like who fucking yeah. cares?
1: Yeah. You know? Yes. That was super helpful for me. Like breaking free from that. Yeah.
2: How old were you when you did that?
1: Twenty two.
2: Oh, I love that. Okay. That makes me feel so much better. Cause I thought you were doing this since you were like
1: 12. <laughs>
2: Oh nice. Okay, that's really, really helpful to hear. Cause I Was feel it? like there's some I'm still scared of my mom TBH. So <laughs> you know, it's like helpful to hear that it, you know, it happens when it happens. And I feel like, do you feel like the embodying part of that
1: had anything to do? With I don't think I knew about. I don't think I knew about embodiment yet, but when I had that experience it was around the time that I started like really, really questioning like Christianity a lot. And like, mm-hmm. then like in my head, I was kind of confused. Cause I'm like, Christianity is this thing that you like indoctrinated me with. And I know you love me, but like you indoctrinated me with this really, this thing that is very strange to me now that I'm like looking at it. And I don't know if I see you as like up here anymore, because that's weird that you did that to me. It's at least that's like how I perceived it when I was that age. And then I like finally like moved out and that was wild. And after that, like, it was just like moving out and like questioning Christianity and that it was probably like a a year period, maybe shorter than that, but that like changed it all around. Um, And our relationship is completely different also now.
0: Like that's my, she's like my best friend now. love, I love that, that for you. Yeah, love, I love that. that. I think that that's a normal experience in your 20s is to realize that your parents are fallible and they are not superhuman gods that are omniscient and know everything. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it can really wreck people to realize 100%. that their parents can make mistakes and have made mistakes and probably made some mistakes with what they taught them. Yep. And... No idea what's going on either. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 Like, well, I, as I get older and I like, my mom had me when I'm my age now and I'm at 32. I'm like, how, <laughs> you, <had a> kid? <laughs> <laughs> you know, no. like, wow, I, you figured it out. Like you, <laughs> you know, like I'll figure it out. It makes me less afraid be like, oh yeah, no one knows what they're doing really. And that's okay. Yes. Yeah. P, you sound
2: very sure about like yourself and your trajectory and all of the things. Do you ever question things?
1: Absolutely. Every single day, every day, maybe, maybe 12 times a day, maybe more than that. (laughs) But my, my questioning is very existential. It's, it's like, what is happening? Like it's this sudden, like, what? is going on where am I at I'm like my career is built on nothing I like I I don't even know how this happened I don't know what's gonna like what's happening like it's just and then I'm like you're fine like you did this because you trusted yourself all you have to keep doing is trusting yourself and then you'll be fine and I'm like how do you know that who told you that (laughs) And then I'm like, well, let's just see. And I keep seeing and then stuff keeps happening. And I'm like, well, I guess maybe
2: I'm right. We'll see. Oh my God, P, I'm fucking with the energy right now. This (laughs) is amazing. And the reason why it's amazing is because I'm understanding what you're saying. And it is very existential. And when we do talk about things like embodiment and dissolving. At first, when you was talking that stuff a few weeks ago, I really didn't get it. But I'm on a similar wavelength where it is true. The more you trust yourself, even when your, tr- your self-trust or your head is telling you something, the more you do it, the more it becomes the thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And that goes back to P you said like, well, what if I'm not a good person earlier in this conversation? Like, what if I'm not, ni- if I'm not nice, does that mean I'm a bad person or I'm actually evil? And that's, I feel like that's what self-trust is, is knowing, well, I'm not, I'm not I'm not a bad person. I could actually be mean and still be a good person. Yeah. And like I know that about myself. I don't need external validation to tell me, "Oh yes, you are good." I know what is true. And that is I think something that a lot of people don't have that and they, yeah. they are not anchored by that self-trust. Right. And right. I would argue that's like more important than intuition is yeah. self-trust because if you don't yes. have that, you don't have intuition because you exactly. can't trust anything that's coming in.
2: One hundred percent. And you need to trust yourself in order to trust your intuition.
1: Yeah. And like, I think I found what I actually care, like the type of person that I actually care about being. So like, I don't really, I I realize that I don't actually care about being a good or a bad person, but I know that like other people seem to like love people who are good. But then I was just like, oh, that person, that's just never been a thing that I've cared about because like I used to emphasize with villains in movies. And (laughs) so like what I do care about though, is am I being a loving person? And as long as I'm being loving, then I can, as long as I can like return back to like, are you coming from love right now? Yeah, then I'm fine. Sometimes the good, bad thing comes up when I think about other people's perceptions of me and that's where I'm like, ah! And then I'm like, are you being loving? And I'm like, okay, cool.
2: Yeah, It's so like, what is your intention?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, am I coming, is my expression coming from a place of love or at least like what love feels like to me?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and love is truth. Wait, is love truth though? because
2: like somebody's truth might be different from another person's truth and someone can look at that love and say or that truth and say that's not love
1: I would say if you can look at everyone's experience of the truth that they're having with love like if you put like love glasses on you mm-hmm. can like fully accept that that person's truth is allowed and I feel like that's what love is is uh, like full allowance of
2: yes making space for other people Okay, back to the thing about the self trust, because so much of us, we are based on like external validation, or we trust based on things that we see, but it sounds like trust, obviously comes from the inside. What was one of the things that honed your self trust?
1: Experimentation. Actually, like, what happens if I trust myself for the next three days? If something cool happens, I'm going to keep doing it. That's literally what I would do. I would make these little contracts with myself. I would be like, okay, until Friday, I'm going to completely, maybe I could, I, sometimes I like would forget that I just like signed a contract to like trust myself. But for the most part, I would try to do it for a few days. And like, usually cool things would happen. And I'm like, maybe this is a thing that actually does something because I feel like if I'm just going out there and trusting myself and not getting anything back from my reality, why am I trusting myself? I need to need to go back to like, Trusting other people, because at least that was safe. So I I I do require that reality give me something in return for trusting myself, but I had to do it first and then see what happens.
0: Hmm. P, I feel like we're much more similar than we previously (laughs) might have realized. (laughs) (laughs) I used to do this exact same thing. There was a point in my life where I thought I had no intuition. I like, I just could not trust, I didn't have like a gut instinct. I couldn't tap into anything. And when people were like, why didn't you just trust your gut? And I was like, what are you talking? I don't understand what you're talking about when you say that. So like, can you stop saying that? Cause I don't get it. <laughs> and I felt like I needed to like rework that or like find that muscle somewhere and like exercise it. Mm-hmm. And so when I moved to from New York to LA, that was what I started practicing was just like, what if I didn't do what I thought was like the right thing to do or what I should do or what was like normal. And I just like, let myself do whatever I wanted. Also, I will say that this was like kind of connected to intuitive eating and not having like a diet.
1: I talk about this when I talk to generators, sometimes I'm like, okay, do I I when I first heard about human design I never heard this anywhere else but I'm like I'm gonna I'm gonna go sacral grocery shopping <laughs> I'm gonna like go to the grocery store and then see where like my body goes and then whatever I arrive in front of I'm gonna buy that for a week and see how I feel and like if I feel better then my sacral is worthy of trust and I like advise people to try that out like try grocery shopping for like a week so you can develop and like stretch that or like can make that trust connection between you and your sacral or you and your gut but yeah I'm definitely like an intuitive eater I guess uh, but I also just kind of know that life is going to give me the, the food that I need
0: yeah even like I can have a, like I remember eating like breakfast salads that was a thing that I did for a while where I was like well why wouldn't I mean why can't I have a salad right now if that's what I want or like ice cream before noon, which I never would have eaten before, which sounds so silly to say, but I used to be a professional dancer. So I had a lot of disordered eating habits and lots of diets. I was on my whole life. And so just like having freedom to be like, well, there's no rule. I technically can't eat 17 cookies if I want to right now, even though it's 8 AM, it's like, okay, what is anyone going to do about it? And just like finding those little, almost like those cracks in the matrix where you're like, well, everyone says to do it this way, but Why? And I can do it a way I want to. So, like, why wouldn't I? It's almost like, yeah, that that sort of like chaos or opening up to that chaos was like really liberating for me.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's why, like I say, I'm very purposefully chaotic. (laughs) My partner, (laughs) very, he's relatively organized. And I think when he met me, he was like, "Oh God." (laughs) Um, But he's okay now. He's also he's a Pisces, and so he like kind of like filled in all the spaces where like my chaos. Expresses, he's like, I can I can handle it.
0: <laughs> Love that. Maria. What's his human design?
1: He is he's a five-one manifesting generator. Oh nice. and I'm a five-two manifesting generator. I was
0: gonna say you're an MG too. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you got lots of you're doing lots of things all the time, both of you.
1: Yep, all the time. We're like ah, <laughs> in a way that like he'll he's like, Oh, he's like, So what are you gonna do today? And I'm like, I don't know, I'm just gonna and he's just like, Well, I'm gonna do this. this is my list of things that I'm going to do today. And I'm like, great. I might go to the film store maybe. And he's like, okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But it works for you. Yeah. Yeah. So P what are you working on for VIR this year?
1: Being iconic was the main thing. And Seems to be happening. My, <laughs> I was
0: gonna say you're gonna need to pick up a new one because you like pass <laughs> that one off the list. And we're only four months into the year.
1: <laughs> I'm realizing that like the the fact that people have been allowing their realities to be easier because like because of being introduced to me is like very mind blowing to me. It's like because to me I'm like. I don't know. I'm just a person doing stuff. But the people are like, no, like I wouldn't have thought that it could be easy if I didn't see your thing. And I'm like, what? And so I really like that. I would like more of that experience because I realized that that makes me very excited. And so it's just introducing more and more people to ease and making more beautiful things as well is another thing that I'm wanting to do, but I don't know what that's going to look like. More beauty and more
0: ease for everyone is my goal. Amen to that. That's a perfect vision for well being for more people. If you had to put a request out to like everyone who's gonna listen to this of ways they could support you or help you with that, do you have something that you'd request?
2: Well, I think one of the things Yeah, P, you have so many things that you are doing. You have a podcast, you do lives at times. I know you are a brilliant artist and there are probably people who are listening that can really, I know, you know, you like selection. There are so many things that, yeah, there are so many areas and people that can benefit from your eye. It's just so creative. So I would just plug like P is brilliant at creating and designing and you should check, Their workout. Yeah, let us where can we see it?
1: Oh, Instagram. Um, it's at P The Fairy at P-E-A-T-H-E-F-E-A-R-Y. I also have a website, it's just ptheferry.com. And then I think that's the only two places where all my visual stuff is.
2: Mm -hmm. And you and remember who are some of the like if you can when we were talking about boldly dreaming of the entities you'd want to design for and the billboards that you'd want to see it with. Who are some of those people?
1: Selection is for sure one of them because they're like a collective that I enjoy thoroughly. But it's funny because some of the people that I wrote down on my like icon list that we talked about, they're coming on my podcast, which is really (gasps) two of them have already, no, three of them are already agreed to come on my podcast. I'm like, oh, sweet. Um, That's really cool. That is Um, amazing. But yeah, when it comes to like a brand literally i think the only brand that i care about is selection (laughs) but i think because their music has been so like it's intertwined into my soul at this point the work that they've done
0: yeah selection if you're listening to this podcast team selection (laughs) 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 beautiful well thanks any last thoughts for p
2: yeah this is it's really eye opening to hear someone just be so boldly themselves, but then also be very aware of like the repercussions. And then like, I see, like, I see you navigate that, even just talking about turning empathy on and off, but also knowing, I feel like you're, you do, you are loving. Like, I feel like your heart is just so full of love and just the listening. Like, do you ever get scared that you will hurt the people or that, and then, how do you like disconnect from that, or like, how do you turn that on or off? Can't you? What? Or being canceled because of who you are.
1: Well, I, cause I, I made this, I made it, oh, I did a reel. I did three reels. Two of them went viral, also. Nice. Kind of horrible at first, but then it was fine. But, <laughs> So I did a reel about discernment where I was talking to people about like, hey, just because you hear someone speaking, because I, I speak in a way that sounds very intense. Sometimes it has like a lot of conviction behind it. Even if I feel neutral, my voice just comes off very strong and I can't help it. But even if you hear someone who like speaks with conviction, it's not all for you. And so I'm trusting that reality is has given people discernment and it's not up to me to be discerning for other people. Cause I can't be discerning for everyone. I can't figure out who shouldn't hear me. And so again, I always go back to the tea tree thing. Like tea tree did not stop existing because it burned someone's skin once people just need to stop using tea tree if it burns their skin. And so that is what I'm expecting people to do. I'm trusting that they're going to be responsible. And if not, they got burned and I'm not going to stop being tea tree.
0: Nice. That reminds me of, I don't know if you like follow clean beauty at all, like the clean beauty industry or the beauty industry, but there's this like big hubbub in the beauty industry around the word toxic versus like clean beauty and nothing is technically toxic. Like there's no, everything is technically toxic actually is the answer. Water is toxic and like (laughs) the sun is toxic. Like everything is toxic at some level, but we can't. So to su- call it clean versus toxic beauty, like doesn't make sense. And I feel like that's what you're saying right now. It's like everything in, in its time and dilution and like, yeah, at a certain level, everything is toxic, but we don't ingest everything at a toxic level all the time, right. nor should we.
1: Yeah. And it, like, I've been thinking about actually, I've this article might be coming out, but I was talking about like naturalness sort of, or whether or not things are natural. And it made me think about skincare. And like, at some point I was all like, I just use natural skincare. And then like, it didn't work for my skin anymore. So I'm like, acid me up. Give me the acid. <laughs> I love an acid. Burn my face off. Yes. Like- <laughs> and I was just like, Hmm, like All this time I've been saying I can't use these things because they're not natural. But at this, like, why did I decide that because it didn't come from a tree that it's bad? I can use whatever my body feels excited by and that's gonna work for me. I've decided. And so Yeah, that's how I feel about that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like technically natural skincare would just be like taking a leaf off a tree and like wiping (laughs) it on your face, you know, like everything has been processed (laughs) to And that feels very gully, but also like kind of. I mean, I would be into it. I would. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'd pay for that facial just for the experience.
1: That's
0: nice. That's a moss facial <laughs> cool. you, We say it in just now, but I bet you in six months it will be something that be like. Gwyneth Paltrow is paying like you know four hundred dollars for.
1: Let me go ahead and open up some sort of esthetician place that just sells moss. Like- <laughs>
0: And I feel like if you
2: were to do that, it would be wildly successful. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah the Moss Spot is popping off. People are just, all the celebs are going. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> well, this was so, it was so fun to connect with you, Pete. You're going to have to come back on the podcast again if you're down for it. Yeah. We'd love to have you. you. We could talk. Maybe we could take listener questions or something about timeline hopping and everything that we've discussed yeah. today.
1: Yeah, I'd love that.
0: So people can find you on the internet and they can do, are you taking any commissions right now for your art? I think I'm not going to do commissions unless election. If you reach out to me, I'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I
1: realize too, commissions aren't my favorite thing anymore. So no commissions but I respect
2: that P I respect that it's just like I know what works for me I know what doesn't even if the opportunity presents itself I will say no I just that is so cool that is so cool
1: (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's just I, like I've, I've my it's it's actually my body has started to do things like when I do things I don't want to do it like destroys my soul like it's I, I used to be able to do things that I don't want I'd be like oh I'm fine but, like now when I do them I like get sick immediately it's and it's very annoying I can't like it's it's really hard for me to do things I don't want to do and it's like not even me being like snotty anymore it's like I it, it, my body will shut down it's very annoying but
0: it is what it is it saves you our bodies are super intelligent so your body's like nope not that direction sorry right
2: and you're not gonna waste your time
0: Mm -mm. (laughs) Mm, p this was so fun thanks for making the time for us of course thanks for having me i Mm. loved it we we are honored to have you as our in our inaugural class of the visionaries and residents so we just adore you
1: thank you i adore you all
0: All right, that's it, that's the episode. And I forgot to mention that P is hosting a panel next week during our summer solstice event. It's going to be so fun. She's talking with three incredible panelists about having the courage to be disliked, basically, and having unpopular opinions in the wellness space. So if you want to learn more about P and you want to experience that, I think it's going to be really fun. You can ask her questions and the rest of the panelists questions and come to our summer solstice event. It's going to be popping. I can't wait to see you there. I guess I'll see you on the internet. Okay, bye. Bye.